Welcome to Riverbend Church's podcast, and thanks for listening. Riverbend is a church in Hernando, Mississippi, that is focused on our calling to restore the community around us. For more information, visit rbhernando.church. We hope you enjoy the message. We are beginning a new series over the next six or seven weeks. We will be uh, looking at from wilderness to promised land, that transition from the children of Israel out in the wilderness under Moses into the promised land with Joshua. And so uh, this morning we are going to see that change or that switch between leaders and we'll spend our time there and then the rest of our time will be throughout the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. From wilderness to promised land. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and the and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit, excuse me, to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand, to the left, that you may Have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what words of encouragement to a new leader given by you right here. What what words of, of challenge as well. And God, I I believe that it wasn't just for Joshua. It wasn't just for that day that you spoke those words. It was for us as well. You have kept this word, your word. And we have it in front of us. God, you have called us, every single one of us. You desire for us to to come out of the wilderness. And Lord, you you desire for us to come into the promised land. Father, I pray that as we walk this journey, 
we see some signposts along the journey. God, you would show each youth where they stand with you right now. Each adult where we stand with you right now. For there is there's no other determination more important than where we stand with you. And not just where we think we stand, but where you know we stand. Would you show us that? And God, for every one of us, we are not as close as we need to be. Not as close as you desire us to be. Would we surrender afresh and anew to what this states? Not to turn from your word to the right or to the left, Father, that we would be focused in on you and on your word with our lives. So God, as we look at these three signposts today, would you show us where we stand? I ask it in your son's name. Amen. First signpost that uh, we see in this passage is that first statement of Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. The journey begins with this new leader, with Joshua coming on, and we see this first point, this first signpost that is given in this passage, and it is a statement for all of us in the room, a statement that we all need to think about and see. And here's the statement. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. You know my week. I've been thinking of death for a a solid week now. And the death of my grandmother is on one level. The death of Moses, the leader of this nation of Israel for 40 years, a million plus people. Wandering the the wilderness, the desert, in between Egypt and Israel, just back and forth, making their, their tent, making their communities out here in the wilderness, turning away from God, mad at the world, mad at God because all they're eating is, what is it? Manna. All they're drinking is water. And then when God gets enough of it, he says, all right, you don't want manna? Fine, have some quail and just choke on it. And that's exactly what they do. They get full of quail and it's up to their waist. And this stiff-necked, obstinate people come up one day and they are thirsty. And if you look in the book of Numbers or you look a little earlier in the book of Deuteronomy, you will see that Moses is fed up with this obstinate and stiff-necked people. And they ask for water and God says, go hit the rock. And Moses goes and hits the rock and water flows. And another time, 
Weeks after, they ask for water again. They're thirsty again. And God says to Moses, speak to the rock. And Moses is infuriated by these people. And he goes and hits the rock. And because he disobeys God, God says, because of that, you will not, you will not enter into the land. Numbers, I believe, chapter 20, Moses cries out and says, please let this happen. In Deuteronomy chapter 3, he does the same. Please let me go into the land. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 25 through 28, he's pleading with God, and God says, no, that will not happen. And the question is this. If we see this statement, if the statement is, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Hey, Moses, my servant's dead. Therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into this land. The question for us today is, have you thought about death? You're like, Brian, that is not good news. It could be. It could be great news. Before Moses died, you'll see the uh, verses on the screen. Before Moses died, Moses wrote a psalm. And in Psalm chapter 90, verse 8, down through verse 12, Moses stated these words. Speaking to God, he says, You have set our iniquities before you. Just stop right there. Think about that. God has set your iniquities God has set my iniquities. He set your sin. He set my sin before him. Just a question. Is your sin that thick or that thick? Don't answer. But know this. He set them before himself. He knows every single one. He's no, he knows every thought that you and I have ever committed against Him. He knows every action that you and I have ever committed against Him. He knows every word that you and I have committed against Him. And He also knows everything that you have omitted and I have omitted. You have set our iniquities before you. Our secret sins in the light of your presence for all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? Listen how he closes this paragraph out. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. So students, number your days. Life is all ahead of you. Adults, number your days. 70, 80 years. Number your days. Moses numbered his days. God gave him 120 years. Long life. 
May he give that to you and may he give that to me. But in the midst of it, may he give us a heart of wisdom. And I wrote this down. I said, so, so what is more dear to you? What, what is more dear to me in my beliefs and in my convictions? You know the difference between a belief and a conviction, right? The belief is you hold it, a conviction, it holds you. What's more dear to you? Family or God? Leisure or God? Money or God? Sports or God? Veg time or God? Sleep or God? Stuff or God? Toys? Grades? Friends? Or God? Teach us to number our days. May any of those things that were stated not mean as much as God. The reformer Martin Luther, when asked about his calendar, said this, I only have two days on my calendar. I only have two days on my calendar. I have this day and I have that day. And when I asked, he said, what in the world does that mean? He said, I want everything that I do this day to be pointing toward that day. And that day was not tomorrow. That day was the day of judgment. That day that he would stand in front of his king. So the question that I have for us as we think of this statement and as we think of life, what's on your calendar? Is it filled up with things that matter about just this day or is it filled up with things that matter this day and that day? A second signpost for us, not just a statement about death, but we see a fact. And this fact is taught in the passage in Joshua. The fact is this, that obedience precedes blessings. Obedience precedes blessings. God speaks a word, multiple words of blessings to Joshua. Those blessings are expansive just for Joshua. Multiple times over, verse 3, verse 5, verse 6, verse 8, verse 13, all speak of these things. For Joshua. Look there in verse number 3. Every place that the sole of your foot treads is yours. How would you like to have that blessing? It's yours, Joshua. Every place that left or right Hit the ground. It's yours. I don't know about you, but one of the first places that I would try my best to get to is northwest Montana. I love Glacier National Park. Just seeing the beauty. Just stomping all around it. Oh, mine. My wife would head straight for the beach. Straight for it. But for Joshua, he said, every place that you put your foot down, it is yours. Verse number five. No man, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Verse six. You look there in verse number six. It says, you will cause this people to inherit this land. Joshua, you're going to be my leader. 
It was Joshua who was going to lead God's people into their inheritance. And then he says, only be strong and courageous. Then he says a little later, be strong and very courageous. In verse number 8, be able to meditate on this word, Joshua. Joshua was Moses' right-hand man. He was right there with him. He even found himself on the mountain side. When Moses was receiving God's word, he was the closest one to him. Joshua, it's now your turn to lead. Sir, ma'am, it's now your turn to step up. It doesn't have to be that somebody dies for you to step up into leadership, for you to be a part of the team, to come join the team. The blessings are great that are shown right here in Joshua chapter 1, but they come only when there is obedience. Take just a second and turn back. It's not the first time that this has been spoken. If you turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 28... In Deuteronomy chapter 29, you see that there was a moment, one of the last sermons that Moses gave to the children of Israel. He said this. He said, hey, you choose. I'm about to tell you, if if you want blessings, here's what has to happen. If you don't do that, fine and dandy, but know that here are the consequences. Here are the curses that are coming. In chapter 28, verses 1 through 14, there is all blessings. All blessings. If you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will, will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Skip down a few verses. Verse 7, the Lord will... Cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. The Lord will, verse 9, establish you as a people holy to himself as he has sworn to you if you keep his commandments and if you walk in his ways. Verse number 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. If you obey. And then in verses 15 down through the end of the chapter, if you don't obey. Curses, verse 15. Cursed, verse 16. Cursed, verse 17. Cursed, verse 18. Cursed, verse 19. Curses, verse 20. All the way through These things, there are consequences for God's people if you don't obey. So my question, my question is this. You want blessings, church? Sir, if you accept Jesus as Savior and Lord, ma'am, if you have bowed the knee to Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, as your Savior, as your Lord, do you want blessings? Then obey. You want consequences? Don't take the next 20 minutes to read chapter 28, but read it before you go to bed tonight. Is that the life you want? Verse 15 down through the end, then just don't obey. 
It's as easy as that. If that's what you want to come into your life, those consequences, those cursings that God says, hey, if my people aren't going to obey me, then all this is going to take place. If that's what you want, don't obey. Just tell you, it's not a very good life. Fact is taught that obedience precedes blessings. third and final signpost for us this morning. Allegiances must be revisited so that you and I can be sure of the goal. What are you talking about? Look down through here. Let me read the last few verses of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 verse 10 states this, And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions. For within three days, you are to pass over this Jordan to go into the land to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. The Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, to them, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Pause just a second. Those two and a half tribes, there wasn't enough room for their possession to be inside uh, Canaan, inside the promised land, so they were given land right up against the Jordan River on the other side. But for them to receive that, they had to go help take the other part of the land and then come back and receive that rest. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock, verse 14 states, shall remain in the land that uh, Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives the rest of your brothers as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land, shall return, then you shall return to the land of your possession, shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And listen to the last three verses. As Joshua is telling this to the children of Israel, they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Pause. I don't know the last time you read Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, or Deuteronomy. That is a ton in that verse. Just as we obeyed Moses... For 40 years, we followed him through the wilderness just as we obeyed him. And what God said to him, we will obey you. That is good. But I think if I were Joshua, I'd say, um, what about Meribah? What about here? What about here? What about here? What about here where you just revolted? I think I need a little more from you than what you said to Moses. So let's sit and talk. What's happening right there? Joshua is confronting the children of Israel 
with how God desires for them to live. He is bringing back up to their minds. He's bringing back in front of their lives. Hey, if this is how you want to live, if you want to live how God wants you to live, then we're going to take the land. Three days, start preparing. If not, beware. Beware. You're like, Brian, how does that or... Why does that pertain to me? For us to understand why it pertains or how it pertains, I think we need to go to the end of the book. At the end of his life, Joshua finds himself in Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, standing in front of this same group of people, the whole of Israel. They've spent their lives conquering. They've spent their lives going through the land and taking the land. And just at the beginning, the same is true at the end. They have to revisit to make sure of their goal. And so they state this in verse 14 and verse 15 of Joshua 24. Now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and that they served in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose today whom you're going to serve. Whether the gods of your fathers that served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land that you dwell... But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. At the end of the day, students, you've got to decide who you're going to serve. Mom can't decide for you, although she'd love to. Dad can't decide for you, although he would love to. You have to decide. Sir, ma'am, I would love to decide for you, but I can't. You have to decide who you will serve. What direction you're going to go in your life. Not in my life, in your life. I have to decide what direction I'm going to go in my life. So now therefore fear the Lord. Serve Him with sincerity. But if not, if it's going to be those other gods, those that you served off the other side of the river, or those that were there in the land that you just conquered, do it. If that's the goal. But as for me and my house, Joshua says, we will serve the Lord. Because that's the goal that he wanted. That's the goal that I want. That's the goal that I want for us. That we would see this King, this Jesus, this God, give his very best for you. He gave his very best for you. He took your place. He died for you. All those iniquities that were brought before him, your iniquities, all of them, he said, I know you can't take care of them. I'll take care of them. I'll shed my blood for your sin. Brian, I'll take all those sins. Sins as a youngster, sins as a young man, sins as a middle-aged man, sins, Lord willing, as an old man, I'll take them all. 
And he did the same for you too. And he desires for you to know him. He desires for the life that you've been living, that it's been time enough. It's been time enough in that life and to come to him. Heavenly Father, as we see this journey begin, Father, may we we take just a moment to think about life. And Father, how passing it is, how quick it is to pass. Father, you know the week that I've gone through. You you know the cousins, family, the friends that have just walked in front of me and started conversations. God, teenagers to 70-year-olds. Lord, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed the end of the day. Father, would you teach us to number our days? May, may we have this moment right now that we actually think about eternity. Forever and ever and ever and ever. God, that is a weighty, weighty matter. Would you draw us close to you? Would you show us where we stand with you? And would you show us, Father, show me how much you love me, how much you love us, how much you desire for us to to know you, experience you on a daily basis, not just for a time out in the future, Father, but Lord, for today that we would experience you for full life today. God, I pray for these students. I pray for their parents. I pray for everyone in the room, in the building. God, we would take serious this life and your desire for us to be in the promised land. Not wandering around in the wilderness, but in the the promised land, even right now. Sir, the invitation is for you to spend some time seeking the Father to know where you stand with Him. Ma'am, the same is for you. Ladies and gentlemen, the same for all of us to know where we stand with Him. So as Alex and the worship team leads us, if you'd like to join in in song, great. If you'd like to stay right where you are, find out where you stand with Him as we sing. You have been listening to the latest message from Riverbend Church. We hope you enjoyed it. Live simple.